I'm Danny Maimoni. Join me for a walk on the wild side. I'll be here on the first Thursday of every month featuring wildlife and wild places in Surrey. Today I'm going to take you on a dawn chorus walk with Surrey Wildlife Trust near their head offices in Purbright. It's International Dawn Chorus Day and I'm here with Surrey Wildlife Trust and uh, it's about 10 to 5 in the morning and as you can hear the birds are very busy singing their little hearts out and uh, it's Ken Ancorn who's going to be leading the walk this morning I'm at the uh, Purbright head office of Surrey Wildlife Trust and uh, apparently we're going for around about an hour's walk I think around here and he's going to um, very nicely explain what all the different birds are uh, which is great because uh, I haven't got a clue uh, apart from maybe one or two like a blackbird and the odd dove so it's going to be a very interesting to find out more and um, and what the dawn chorus is all about so stay tuned and uh, we'll find out more with Ken Ankle. Good morning. Um, yes, my name's Ken um, I work for the Wildlife Trust. Katie kindly introduced me as a bird expert. Um, I've got, it's always been my hobby, but there's certain aspects of birds that people get interested in, and it, they're all different. My, perhaps, um, greatest interest is, is bird behaviour. Now, but we're here today to do the dawn chorus. Firstly, the boring bit, um, health and safety. Um, obviously it's a little bit dark still, it'll be getting lighter fairly quickly but we'll take a wander around we'll, we'll take in two or three habitats which is the, the idea to try and get a bit of diversity but the paths are a bit rough um, there are tree roots so just be careful um, we'll try and keep together because obviously if you want to ask me a question then you need to be fairly close um, but when you're close together that's it <laughs> a greater risk of stumbling because you can't see your feet so, so easily. So just take care out there. Um, why are we here at this time of the day? Well, because we're all mad, basically. <laughs> um, however, this is the best time of day to hear the birds singing. There's various theories for that. The main one is that at this time of the day, the birds are triggered in their reaction by light rather than temperature. And the very earliest birds are starting to sing almost before it's, it's light at all. So if you want to catch the really early birds, you have to get up even earlier. But this time of the day, the birds are singing um, because um, it's a little bit early for them to be undertaking the uh, major task of the day, which is to get food. So a lot of the food that they eat isn't active yet. So it's a good time to be doing what they're doing now. Which is, as we hear, it's all about sex, basically. Um, I hate to introduce that term at this time of the morning, but that's what it's all about. Um, you hear the, the, the men birds saying, here I am, I'm very strong, I can prove this because I've got a very loud and very beautiful song. And that's attracting all the females, and they get on with the business of creating lots of new little birdies um, so the, the better the song the, the stronger the individual 
And you'll find that with younger birds, their song is not so refined, as complex as the older birds. They learn, they pick up bits of song from other birds. Uh, so the, the song d- can develop over the years until you've got a, a really mature adult bird which will have the, the, the best song and obviously stand the best chance of holding its territory and attracting mates. And the female knows that bird with the big, strong song is the, the strongest, fittest male around and that's the one I want to create little birds with. So that's the, 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 the basic theory behind it all. So what we're here to do is obviously to try and pick out a few birds. And all you do is listen. Now I'm not an expert at song. I'm, you'll find there are people who will pick it up straight away and remember it. And then there are other people who will listen to it, remember it for the day, and then the next day totally forgotten it again. It's just the way people are. I can, I'm building up gradually my repertoire, if you like, is, is growing each year, but I'm always having to start again for some of the birds, particularly the, the ones that come in for the summer, because you only get a brief go at them, and then they're off again. And they tend to be the little brown ones which are in places which you, you never actually see them, so you do have to know the song. So, if we just listen for a minute... What are the two birds we are hearing mostly at the moment? And that's, that's, there's one one other which we'll hear a lot of, but we'll hear mostly that going around today. The blackbird is the one with the melodious song, and you hear in the background some cheeping, like, that's the robin. And there's one that's going now in the background, teacher, 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 that's the great tit. But if anybody picks up anything else, do let us know. We'll keep a list of the the birds we're hearing. Now, blackbirds are quite a common bird, so there are a lot of territories around here, so you're hearing lots of of male birds singing from their different spots, usually fairly high up in the tree, because simply because the, the, the sound gets across but different birds have different territories they'll sing from different parts some birds will you won't see they'll be singing from the depths of a bush a lot of the warblers are like that you know you don't see them but they'll, they'll sing from cover but there are there's some nice easy ones like the blackbirds which will, will pick a nice obvious perch robins similarly and you will get a good look at them it's funny though you can look at a bush and hear the birds singing and you still can't see it <laughs> A nice background of blackbird. There'll be other birds in there, but I can't pick them up. There My ears aren't that big. That, mm-hmm. that one. That one. That's the blackbird. That, that's the great tip. Oh, <laughs> People have their own version, but I, I, I think of teacher, teacher, teacher. Oh, doesn't that? Can listen again? Yeah, just so they make a lot of noise, the, the, the great at this time of year, and then a lot of the rest of the year they tend not to make so much noise at all. But we do have other tits around here. I know there's some long-tailed tits, but they're not making any noises at the moment. But we'll head over to the heathland because it's a totally different habitat. There might be something interesting over there.
So how long have you been doing this for with Surrey Wildlife Trust? Oh, I do all sorts of things with Surrey Wildlife Trust. My day job, though, is, is behind a computer. <laughs> so it's a bit of a contrast there. Yes. And pleasant contrast. Oh, yeah. And do you ever come across anything unusual? Oh, yeah. You do. You, I mean, there are some quite interesting rarities around. Um, we're heading over onto a bit of heathland, and uh, the one I was hoping we might hear is woodlark which is uh, quite a, a rare bird. It's, uh, it's one of the three birds that the... Uh, heath, ground-nesting birds that the heathland is protected for. Oh, right. The special protection area of yes. the, the Surrey Heaths uh, designated for three ground-nesting birds. One of them is the woodlark, the other two are the nightjar and the Dartford warbler. Right, yes. I knew about the uh, nightjar and the Dartford warbler, but not the other. Yeah, the woodlarks, uh, it's a, it comes in, it's a, it's a migrant, and we, we, we've got a, a reasonable number of pairs in, on the heathland, but they, they're very vulnerable because they nest right down on the ground right. amongst the heather tussocks. So easy for predators. Very easy for predators, particularly foxes and crows. Right. And they, they, their nest sites are, are quite exposed. They don't go into deep cover. They're often on quite uh, small growth, uh, little tussocks, but they'll tuck underneath them, and you won't see them, but the, the, the predators, the crows and the foxes, can quite easily pick them up. Right. So, yes, they are a bit vulnerable. Oh, gosh. But I know there, w- there was a nest on the common last year. Exciting. So we might hear something. Uh-huh. I suppose that's the beauty of it as well. You never quite know what you're Exactly, get, no. <laughs> and... Uh, some things will sing one day and then the other day you go there and you don't hear a thing, so you never know quite what you're going to get. Oh, that sounds like a very active blackbird. Yes. Am I right um, that blackbirds <laughs> sing quite a lot for the early part of the year and then not so much? Yes, it's all once the, it's the breeding activity has got underway, they don't sing as much once they've established their territories. They come and do a bit uh, at the start of the day just to say, I'm still here, it's still, it's still my territory. Right. But obviously once the, the nest, uh, the eggs and the chicks have fledged, then they don't need to hold the territory. So singing tends to disappear quite, quite a lot. And do they have um, more than one clutch? Uh, some birds do. Blackbirds, uh, depends, yes, they can have more than one clutch. Um, but some, it's, it's a sort of one, one-off chant. This is called uh, Dorney Hill. There's lots of heather here, lots of yellow heather all flowering. It's lovely. The sun's not out, which is a shame. It's very cloudy this morning. The heathland habitat that we have in Surrey is a, is a, is a very rare habitat. It's a specialist habitat. That's why a lot of the conservation organisations spend time actually making sure that the heathland is, is preserved. Hear that one? That's the rain. One of the noisiest songs for the smallest birds. There it is. Is that the rain? Yes. Yeah. don't tend to see the rain quite so much. They tend to scuttle around in the undergrowth. But occasionally the, ma- the male will stand up. He's seen us, you see. This is, he doesn't like it. One of the, the reasons I came over here is to try and pick up, uh, if we could, um, there's a, quite a rarity over here. 
It's a, a woodlark. We know they nest here. Um, I have actually seen the nest. So there's uh, there's some real experts who can find them, and they will be on fairly open ground. So you'd think nothing's nesting there, but they'll just tuck underneath it. And you, you just won't see them. Um, but uh, they're quite vulnerable to predation from things like crows and foxes, and that's why you often you know, people are saying, please keep to paths in the, the nesting season, because it's not just the fact you might stand on the nest, and you you might because it really is 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 very well hidden, but it's the fact that you'll scare the bird off the nest, and although it'll come back generally, um, there'll be a lot of eyes around, lots of crows watching and they'll be looking for birds doing that sort of thing. So if they spot something fluttering around, they'll know there's something there and they'll keep an eye on it and eventually they're quite likely that they'll, they'll find the nest. Birds pick up regional variations as well. They have different accents. They also mimic. So a bird will hear a noise and will pick that noise up. It could be a, a car alarm, it could be a phone. Um, and they will incorporate phrases into their songs. Song thrushes are very good at that. But the way to tell a song thrush is it tends to repeat whatever the song is it, about two or three times. And it's, once you've picked up that rhythm, you'll, you know what it is. That's still the cold pit, I think. Surrender now. Duet. That's a great song. Hmm? That's a great song, isn't it? I don't know if birds react to the different species. They shouldn't do because they've got no reason to because they're not in competition with each other. But you often find that they'll sort of trigger each other off. And then... Uh, you can hear the little drumming of the great uh, spotted woodpecker. So do woodpeckers make different? Yes, the, 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 the great the, the one you're most likely to hear is the great spotted woodpecker because it's the commonest one and it, it has a, it drums. But the lesser spotted one, which is about the size of a sparrow, also drums. But it's got a, a, a faster and longer uh, drum. And it's quite rare, so the chances are 99 times out of 100 it'll be a great spotted woodpecker you'll hear. And although the, the, the main call you hear from the other woodpecker we have, the, the, the green woodpecker, is that yaffling cry which it makes when it's flying. Yeah, over there somewhere. They, they do find, they have favourite branches that they, they n make the best sound. And in some cases they, they, they've got into the habit, they've gone to telegraph poles and they'll hammer on metal. It makes a much better sound. It's territory again, you know, the louder I can make this yeah. noise, the, the stronger I am. You get the best dawn chorus in the spring because they're all establishing their territories yes. and therefore the males are really performing because they have to fight off with song other males, the other yeah. males. Once they've established the territory they don't have to sing quite so loudly but they do have to keep sort of topping up 
so in the morning they will still do some singing but it won't be as long and involved as it would have been earlier in the season when they were still establishing their territories and finding their mate and uh, they, it's, it's very much the background light which we perhaps don't notice so well but that will be enough to trigger them into action and um, I remember reading somewhere about sort of early morning, that's the best time because the air is clearer. Yes, sound and, to carry. and it's often less windy as well. So they don't have so much noise, background noise to back up. I, I found a victim to talk to me. <laughs> so I'm talking to Paula, who's come along on this mad dog chorus trip. Paula, um, what's prompted you to do this? Is this your first time? It's my first time, yes, and no one else in the family wants to join me for some strange reason. <laughs> I know, I, I had that as well. <laughs> strange, isn't it? What time did you get up this morning? Uh, it was quarter to four. Right, yeah, that is a bit of an insane time. And uh, what do you think? I mean, it's amazing, isn't it? It's beautiful, actually, and I didn't expect it to be quite so light this early in the morning. I thought it was going to be a lot darker. Yeah. Um, so there's, uh, there's a lot of birds around. I'm struggling to pick them out, I must admit. But yeah. I think my, my ears aren't quite tuned in properly yet. No, the blackbird is always the fairly easiest one to <laughs> yes, pick up. Yes, absolutely, it? yes, yes. So um, are you very much into wildlife and conservation then? Um, in, a, in a very kind of soft way, I suppose. We've um, been members of the Wildlife Trust for a number of years, and uh, but I don't do much active things. It's more of a sort of a sitting at home writing checks. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, so, uh, but no, I'd like, I'd like to get out and about. Absolutely, yes. Well, it's so easy to take it for granted, you know, the nature around you. So it's nice to actually connect with it a little bit. I'm walking next to Neil who's a, a keen ornithologist that seems very good at uh, picking out the various bird songs. Do you quite often come on these dawn walks, Neil? I've done a dawn walk for some time, but what was it Ken was saying early on about being out early, early in the day is always best for listening to and watching birds because they're more active. So I'm out early quite a lot, yeah. Very good. <laughs> and um, do you have any favourites? Are there birds that you're particularly interested in or... In Surrey, you have sort of, I suppose, things like Dartford warblers and uh, red starts at the moment, things like that. Not you won't get that here, I suppose, but but no particular favourites to be honest. And do you travel around the country much, sort of? Find a little bit. I'm, I'm, I'm more local than anything else. The Surrey's good for places like this with the sort of heather and gorse. So. It is such an amazing sound, I think, first thing in the morning. Best part of the day, really. It is. It's, it's almost well, quieter now than it was half an hour ago, truthfully, but you've always got to be initially at dawn to get the best. They did start early, four o'clock. Yeah, kind of yeah they do, yeah. So, uh, fantastic. Thank you very much, Neil. No problem. Very nice to talk to you. So I'm standing here with Katie from Surrey Wildlife Trust, who's very kindly let me come along on this walk. Katie, um, how's it going this morning? It's going really well. We've had um, nearly everybody turn up, so we've got 28 people out. A it, lot of people, yes. Very enthusiastic as well. Yeah, it books up every year. I'm always very surprised that everyone turns up, because obviously you have to get up about 3 o'clock in the morning <laughs> in order to get here. So, yeah, I think it's going very well. We're walking down the uh, towpath now of the canal. Um, I have to say, it's very beautiful down here. It is. It is very nice. It's nice to be this close to... Uh, Someone so beautiful from our office as well, so yeah, lunchtimes are quite nice. Do you come and sit down here sometimes? Yeah. <laughs> what a wonderful place to work. It is, it is. I'm very lucky. How long have you been with the Wildlife Trust for? About six years, oh, I'll say. Oh, wow. so, yeah, and this is, I think, this is the fifth Dawn Chorus date that I've done. 
As you can hear, we're, we're not very far from <laughs> railway track. So although we're a beautiful bit of countryside and lovely canal, there's, there are roads and trains not far away, but you wouldn't know it to look at it. Very my ignorance. What is the difference between a moorhen and a coot, please? Moorhens? That's a moorhen, so it's got the red crest on its head. There's another one up there. A coot is much bigger and it's got a white crest on its head. Okay. But you, you'll definitely notice the difference. A coot is considerably bigger than a moorhen. What's that? That's a song thrush. Oh. So it's repeating that phrase. Yeah. So that wagtail that you said was a grey wagtail? Yeah. looks as if it had a sort of yellowy breast. Yeah, a grey wagtail has yellow on it, but there's also a yellow wagtail. But a yellow wagtail has much, got more yellow on it. And okay. then you've got the pied wagtail, which is the more common one, which yeah, you'll the see. the black and white one. Yeah. And it wipes oh. its tail. Yeah, and they seem to not. hang around sort of cafes and... They're not, they're quite a uh, brave bird, the pied wagtail. Okay. Whereas the other two you don't see so much. Right. Is that a again? That's still a thrush. Sun thrush, yeah. Wow. Oh, the reeds and everything. It just looks so beautiful down here, doesn't it? All the reflection of the trees. I'm just talking to Sandra, who, who's actually Kate's mum. I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say that. <laughs> it's a very family affair here. Uh, Sandra uh, very kindly uh, apparently supplies breakfast for everybody. Tell me about the breakfast. Well, we have a very nice uh, cake shop in Cranley, where, where I live. And the owner very kindly um, gives us a heavy discount on the breakfast pastries. So he bakes them as late as possible on Saturday, just before the shop closes. I pick them up so they're as fresh as we can possibly have them on a Sunday morning. What's the shop's name? Celebration Cakes in Cranley. Cranley. Worth a visit. Um, Does he always do that for this walk? He has done it for at least the last five years, as long as I've been coming anyway. It's amazing. So, yes, yeah, nice chat. So not only do you get a fantastic walk to listen to mm. the dawn chorus, but you get tea, coffee and lovely, amazing made As pastry. fresh as is possible on a Sunday, yes. <laughs> That's wonderful. <laughs> Brilliant. I should look forward to that then. I hope you enjoyed the dawn chorus walk with Ken Ancorn and Katie Gower from Surrey Wildlife Trust. Join me for the next programme on the 4th of July at 1.30 on Brooklyn's radio for another walk on the wild side, when I'll be searching for otters along the riverbanks with wetlands and landscapes officer Jim Jones. Brooklyn's Radio